Welcome to the Crackpots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. And wisdom is a woman. Dude, you're a chick. <laughs> I think it was one of, one of the kids' movies. I think it was Trolls. There's this character... Um, I oh man, I can't remember, and my kids are going to kill me for not remembering. And like halfway through the movie, um, the one troll looks at this other, is like, wait, you're a dude? <laughs> it was hilarious, um, which is what I thought of a kind of a reverse um, for, for the sermon this week. Um, wisdom as a feminine being, um, which was, it was kind of interesting, so I'm not a I'm not a really a poetry type of person and into the whole <laughs> metaphor type thing and I'm like okay so you know so let let's backtrack a minute so God has no gender correct right like God has no gender um, wisdom is feminine but not necessarily a bodily female being as we. Right, but gets personified right. as a prophet. Right, right. So like, so like in reality, prophetess. Um, so in reality, like if we're talking gender stereotypes, like at Emmanuel Lutheran Church, like you would be the wisdom because you're the female and I would be the God because I'm the male. Well, that's crap um, in terms of the gender piece of it. Yeah. So, so again, part of it is stepping outside and saying, okay, listen, like we're not talking about, you know, God walking around creating... A, ma a male god walking around creating the universe and then a female wisdom being working with God in creating the universe. Right. These sense. are what we call the personification of the yep. attributes of God yep. um, that are a part of God. You know, interestingly enough, there is a... Um, understanding by some that when Michelangelo, you know that, that painting of God creating Adam? Yeah. It's in the Sistine Chapel, you know, the fingers touching? Yeah. Well, if you look at that painting, you'll notice that uh, to the side of God is a woman and a child. And now there's a lot of question about who that woman, you know, some people are like, oh, that's Mary or, you know, something like that. But... A lot of wisdom scholars um, who, who are scholars of wisdom literature believe that um, that woman is representative of wisdom hmm. and is, is the wisdom that is present with God during the creation. Yeah. And... I see that. Yeah. Uh, again, it's art, so we, there's some interpretation involved. Um, we can't exactly interview Michelangelo and be like, yo, dude... Right, we can't go back and, well, I could say more about that particular painting, but um, it would get off us off track, so. I mean, and we're always on track, so. Yeah, no, but I mean, this would really take us off track, so I'm, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I took a, a wisdom literature class in seminary that was, it was really fascinating, um, to kind of see the different portrayals. Now, if you, if you get into the wider context of, um, Proverbs, there's actually two women that are personified. One of the, 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 the women, you know, the personified um, is wisdom, and the flip side is folly. 
So there's, there's the foolish woman who does X, Y, and Z. And then there is woman wisdom who is from God and blah, blah, blah. Are we doing foolish woman this week? We are not. We are going to, this week, we are going to jump to the New Testament because we only have a couple weeks left and we're, we're going we're gonna to jump to some of the women of the, the New Testament. Um, so no, no, no folly. Um, oh, dude. I know. <laughs> so, so do you, do you, do you want to hear one of my, uh, about one of my papers that I, I, I wrote in seminary about wisdom? I'm more concerned that you remember the paper you wrote. Oh, I remember it because you, you want to know what, 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 it, what it drags in, in? I'm sure it brings in Revelation. It does! Because everything <laughs> brings in the book of Revelation. It absolutely does. It absolutely I didn't... And I, I, I did not write any papers in seminary that brought in the book of Revelation. Yeah, I know. I don't think. I did. I'm pretty sure I didn't. The, this one brought in, in particular, what it focused on was the mantic wisdom texts um, um, that were basically used in apocalyptic literature, including Revelation. And part of wisdom being uh, personified in the book of Revelation as well, uh, you have the, the female figure of the city of Jerusalem, which is, of course, you know, the bride, you know, and the bride and all that kind of stuff, versus you have the, the, the harlot, um, the whore of Babylon. So there's, there's, again, two women kind of at play the same way it is in Proverbs of one that is uh, uh, the folly, so to speak, um, and then the one that is the exemplification of, of righteousness and the, the prophetic voice, et cetera, et cetera. So that get, gets played out. I, I, most people, of course, aren't, aren't dorky like me and um, didn't love their, their wisdom literature class to the point that they were, were finding all of these connections in, in Scripture. Because one of the other places that, that we find God's wisdom personified is actually in the person of Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, that Jesus is God's word and God's wisdom um, that is out and about, walking, talking kind of thing. One of the things I didn't like about seminary was having to pick classes. Um, and right, you to, can study this or you can study this, but you can't right, study Right, and trying to fit a schedule together um, so I took a class on, on Ecclesiastes, on Kohelet. Um, it was really interesting. Loved the class. The professor was way too smart. Um, but I did, so I did not, I could not take the course on Revelation. Um, I mean, you get the overview, you get your overview Old Testament, New Testament course, or, well, actually you get your, for us, we had an Old Testament overview course, we had a Gospels course, and we had a... Um, what did they call the other class? I don't think it was called epistles. Maybe it was called epistles. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I hated, you know, looking at the course schedule, its course calendar, going, oh, man, I either have to take this or I have to take this. And legi legitimately, even for me, I can't imagine the horror that you had trying to put a class schedule together, trying to figure out how you were going to put all the classes you wanted to take, like, cram them all in. For me, it was, there were was classes that were definitely less interesting to me. Um, 
But I, I, I hated having to say, oh man, I can either take this or I can take this. Um, that, part was, that part was frustrating. Because you do, I mean, you're only in... The Bible's kind of a big book. There's kind of a lot in it. So to, you know, to, to get a deep dive into the entire Bible um, is just not feasible. Right. Even in a, even in a four, well, three-year... We get to cover one of the Gospels, of the Synoptic Gospels, so one of those three. We, we then do take a John class because John's so goofy. <laughs> um, or in my case, it was a, a Johannine class. So it was the Gospel of John combined with the, the letters of John. I took Mark. I took Luke for my Synoptic. Yeah, I took Mark. Um, which means, you know, we have two whole Gospels that, that we don't really cover in terms of, of having an in-depth look. Um, and we don't spend a lot of time on the epistles. We get like a, a class, a, a Pauline class that usually covers one or two books of Paul. And we don't even, we, we never touch the, the other pastoral epistles. Do you want to hear something funny? Sure, I need a laugh. Epistles was the hardest, was, was labeled the hardest class in seminary. Really? Interesting. You know my lack of affinity for Paul. Right. That was my best grade in all of seminary. I killed it in that class. And I, can, <laughs> I do not understand why. Um, so what, what was your focus? The, what was the, what were the... So my, so it was, it was an overview of all of the epistles, and then we each had to do an in-depth paper on... Oh, interesting. Um, so I did the book of Romans, and I don't, I don't even remember my focal text anymore. Um, but, th so, th <laughs> so this, this will be completely on brand. I didn't know which epistle I wanted to really do an in-depth study on, so he gave us a list of really good commentaries for us to buy to focus on whichever one and recommended them. So I picked a commentary because the writer's name was Moo. Was what? Moo. Moo? Oh, Moo. of course. Okay. I'm like, hey, that's cool. Like, a guy named Moo. I mean, it's got to be interesting, right? Um, so I, I, my deep dive was into the Book of Romans. I think, I think the reason I did really well in that class is because a lot of it was pulling in creative, so you, you, you do the work, but you're also pulling in creative and how you pull it all together and present it in different right. fashions. And that's how our, our class was structured. I think that's why I did really well in that class. Yeah. Our, our Pauline classes were structured different. We didn't do like, oh, you know, here, here are all of them and then you get to choose. It was the class was focused usually on just one or two of the... Um, epistles. I want to say mine was um, Galatians and 1 Thessalonians hmm. um, was, was the focus that, that we, we took. Um, Our epistles class, Dr. Rick Carlson. Oh, yes. He, um, he's, Dr. Who, Rick Carlson is at my uh, former call in Kearney, Nebraska now. Yep. He was awesome. So he would, not regularly, but periodically, literally stand on top of a desk and lecture from it. Um, super animated, really, really gifted theologian, really gifted preacher. Um, 
I, I, I think that also is why I did well in that class, um, because he kept my attention where some other classes perhaps didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Well, I, well and I, I didn't appreciate the part of seminary where you had people that were just out of touch with, with like the current world and the current church. Right. It's like you've been, they've been in a seminary setting for you know, 40 years and you know, they're teaching um, Christian education in the 21st century. It's like, well, you haven't done Christian education in a church setting for half a century. Um, so I just, I would always schedule classes. I often schedule classes around professors who I knew were going to bring something relevant to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found, that, that, was, that was the wisdom I gained in seminary, um, picking classes that would help make things current. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it, our, we, we had the choice between taking wisdom literature and taking um, psalms. Yeah. Those were our two choices. Yeah, I did not take psalms. One, it didn't fit my schedule, and two, even if it did, I wasn't going to take it because I hate the psalms. Because you, you don't like poetry. I just, like, I, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I think the songs are beautiful, but I, I just, eh. Yeah. Like, they just don't do it for me. I, it, you know, I just, I think for me it was, part of it was wisdom literature covered so much more. I mean, yeah. you know, psalms are great. You know, you get a real in-depth study of, of the psalms, which are important. Um, but for me, the wisdom literature, it was, you covered Ecclesiastes, you covered Job, you covered Proverbs, um, yep. you know, those, those kinds of books. Yep. And to me, I was like, okay, this will give me at least a little broader understanding of, of more, you know, it's like, okay, if I don't take Psalms, I'm missing one book, whereas if I don't take wisdom literature, I'm missing a whole bunch of other um, books yep. that, are, that are here. And so, yeah, no, the, the, for me, the, the wisdom stuff was just, it was, it was fascinating. Um, and not just because of the, the, the personification of it being female. Um, that was, you know, always a nice little perk. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it was just discovering all of the ways that wisdom um, makes, makes her way into so many other parts of Scripture. Yeah, and the, the chunk is, that was the chunk that was left out of the reading, um, really went into. So our reading went for hey, wisdom's a chick, you know, wisdom's a female, wisdom's a lady, wisdom's a woman. To um, wisdom, wisdom's here and it's female, right into wisdom was there at creation. But right. that that chunk that that's cut out of the reading, because we were one through four, and then twenty. Yeah, then like five through twenty. Thereabouts. No, five through twenty was missing. That's what I mean. Yeah, five yeah. through twenty was missing. Yeah, twenty one through thirty. And then twenty one through thirty three. Yeah, yeah, was was was, what we was read. back in. Yeah. And that that chunk that's missing was really wisdom is in the courts. Wisdom is in the town square. Wisdom is in the basically yeah. every public sphere. Um, every public sphere, wisdom is there. Yeah, w- wisdom is is crying out, and um, that's you know that that's just where. Uh, that goes in terms of 
of what scripture has to say about wisdom is, again, it's that prophetic kind of voice. I'm actually going to pull it up here for a second. Um, so give me a moment. Go to Proverbs 8. And yeah, it's that starts out that does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way. At the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates in front of town. At the entrance of the portals, she cries out. To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. That was the part we read. And then it keeps going. O simple ones, learn prudence, acquire intelligence, you who lack it. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to one who understands, and right to those who find knowledge." Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, live with prudence, and I attain knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. I have good advice and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, rulers rule, and nobles all who govern rightly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, endowing with wealth those who love me and filling their treasuries." So that's an easier section to preach on for me. Like that segment that's not in the reading mm-hmm. is the easier portion to preach on. I almost put that portion. Yeah. And you want to know why I didn't? Sure. Because verse 21, the endowing with wealth, those who love me and filling their treasuries. I was like, okay, unless you're willing to really, really dig into that, that can be taken a very wrong way. Yeah. But part of why I took the, the part in creation is that tends to be the text, if it's going to be read in a revised common lectionary yeah. during Holy Trinity Sunday, that's the one that's read. And there were commentaries on it. And so I was like, well, this will be easier to find information on. <laughs> well, and, and the reality is, yes, it's read. It's not preached on. Because Holy, no. Trini- Holy Trinity Sunday, you ain't preaching Proverbs wisdom. It's not preached, but there were at least, com- there, yeah. there, there was a whole bunch of commentaries that you could go to because people have had to, on the off chance someone preaches on it, yeah. it w- there was a lot more information out there. Yeah. So that's part of why I went with that, just trying to make life a little, little easier um, as we delved into texts that don't get preached on very often, because it's been it's been hard finding information on some of these things, um, and especially knowing I wasn't going to be the one preaching and delving into it, it was sort of a okay. I want to make this a little easier, <laughs> if at all possible, um, in terms of trying to find information. So that was my thought process when I, when I put it together. Yeah, no, I, it, again, I think it's the text for, for Holy Trinity Sunday. It's not a bad text. For me, like, 
that, that, that sweet spot in preaching is that wisdom pervades everywhere and justice and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it often gets you in trouble, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a more of a sweet spot, comfort zone, preaching-wise. Right. For me. For me. Um, and I felt the opening allowed for that angle, if you wanted to go there. Yeah, I looked at it, mm -hmm. and, and honestly, if I would have, because the prayer, you wrote the prayer for it, right? was more towards that 5 through 21 or 20, whatever it is, um, bend. No, I, actually, the prayer I had had something about crying at the gates and in the city streets. Right. Right. Um, Which was... The one through four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't as creation-y focused. So I'm like, well, had, had I read the prayer before, had I read the prayer first, and I usually do. I didn't this time for some reason. Um, had I read the prayer first, I may have gone that angle, um, but ended up with the creation-y piece more of a creation-type focus, and then go from there. Well, and there's always a lot to go with with creation. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the wisdom behind creation uh, kind of infuses everything. It's... We take it for granted. Right. And, yeah. not, and not in a not in a in a hippie climate change. We do that too, but not in a, not take for granted in a hippie climate change sort of way, but take for granted in a one the the wisdom and how and the order in which everything was created. Like looking back now, it's like well, okay, duh. There was really no other way to do that. It just makes sense. But when you're starting with mass, when you have chaos. Sometimes figuring out where to start is the hardest part. It's like, oh my God, like this is a mess. Where do I even begin? Right. Uh, let's, and then sometimes you start and it's like, so me with home construction projects, that is chaos. Like, okay, I know I have to do something. I don't, I think I know where to start and you start and then you get halfway and you go, oh crap. I didn't think about this or I didn't think about that. And then you end up making things more difficult or don't end up finishing them. Um, there's that. Um, so, I mean, there's that wisdom of creation, how it was created. And then there's just that whole, it really is amazing that, I mean, take something that's not personal. So take, take a tree. Like they start from like this little seed. Like, that's amazing. You know, throw you know, some dirt and some nourishment in the soil and some water, and it's buried, and then this thing grows out of it. Like, like that, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, we, and we, don't, we don't think about that. And you know, we, take it for, we take so many things for granted. Yeah. And we take so many things for granted, and we, we take how just everything works together, I think, sometimes for granted. Um, and 
also how balanced it is from the standpoint of when we come in and decide, decide to kind of screw things up, I mean, we, we screw things up pretty well. You know, it's, and, and that becomes what is, what is our part in utilizing wisdom in how we care for the creation that wisdom was used to create. Because when we decide not to use wisdom and we do things that kind of throw everything off, then things become problematic. Right. And, and th so there's a difference there between wisdom and like intelligence. Right. right? So it takes a lot of brains to come up with, so with some things that ultimately aren't good for creation. Right. Oh, well, that's really, wow, that's brilliant. I can't believe that, you know, we can do pick something, I don't really care. And then you go, oh, but is it wise to do it? Because it really destroys creation. And, and sometimes we don't know that right away. You know, we have to, you know, we, again, it's part of learning. Uh, we go, oh man, maybe that wasn't, that was really smart, but maybe it wasn't wise. Hmm. Yeah. We... <laughs> that was a smart thing to do for X reasons. But maybe not the wisest move for yeah. overall. Oopsie. Kind of thing. Yeah. One of those deals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the distinction between wisdom and intelligence, I, I think, is really tough sometimes to try and distinguish between. Yeah. Um, so, again, verbal processor. So, nine out of ten dentists prefer Trident, right? Right. Remember that old commercial? I don't know if it's still a commercial. I don't know if they make Trident gum anymore. I assume they do. So, nine out of ten dentists prefer Trident. So, it takes intelligence for those dentists to say, hey, Trident gum is better for your teeth than bubble yum. There's wisdom in chewing trident instead of bubble yum. You don't have to be intelligent. Or there's wisdom in saying don't chew gum at all. Or there's wisdom in saying don't chew gum at all. Right. <laughs> right. No. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I've always really kind of struggled with, okay, so what's, what's the difference here? And I think part of it is... You can be um, really smart and not wise. You can be really wise and right. not... I, I look at smart. some people who are really, really book smart. They know a lot of things. Um, yes. I think wisdom comes in the application of the knowledge. Yeah. I think that that's where the difference lies. Yeah. It's, it's that. So knowledge and experience. Right. There has to be a level of knowledge. I know how, like, but, I, now I personally don't know how, but let's just say, I know how to make a, a, a nuclear bomb because, you know, intelligence I know how to do this. Wisdom says, do not make the bomb. Whoops. Wisdom would say, do not make that bomb because that would be a very bad thing for, for humans to get their hands on. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. So, I, I jokingly said, you know, this, this weekend and... It was the tree of knowledge, not the tree of wisdom, by the way. Ah, yes. That's true. <laughs> that's interesting. Yes, that's very true. So, so I, I joked about my grandmother... Um, WD-40 on the knees 
uh, helps with arthritis and Vicks Vapor Rub. If you eat it, it is better for your cold and makes your cold go away faster. Um, but you know, then I thought about it, man. Like in that sense, that's just not wise <laughs> or smart. But in other ways, my grandmother was really wise. So you can be, in, in some instances, you can be wise in some areas and not in others, which is also kind of, wisdom is a fascinating thing in how it's acquired and how it's applied and how it's, you know, you know put out there and what it looks like. Um, because it's not, you can't necessarily, can, I wonder what the correlation between like IQ and wisdom is, right? So not learning things, but that, that can you test for wisdom? Huh. It's an interesting question. I mean, you can, you can test for IQ, but I don't know that you can test. And I don't know that IQ, so IQ is a lot of problem solving things and maybe there's some right. wisdom in that, but that, I don't think that's, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think wisdom comes also to, um, it, it involves ethics. I think maybe that's part of the difference too. There's, there's, there's an ethic to wisdom. Yeah. That there isn't to intelligence. Intel intelligence just is. Right, sort it's, of just, like, it's data, it's a score. Right, it's like facts and data. Um, now what do you do with the facts and the data? Yeah. That, that becomes the question. Like, Anna Mae is super smart and awful at math. And like, you know why you're bad at math? Because you get frustrated by it and don't, and don't use the... You, you, you make yourself... You're, you're convinced that you're not good at it, so you don't use... You don't have the wisdom to use your other skills. She's a, she can memorize everything. Like, she has like a super crazy memory. But math doesn't interest her, so she doesn't bother memorizing math stuff. Like math is so much memorization. You memorize the, the time, you memorize your factors, your your time tables. Is that what they're called now? Fact, I don't even know. Um, and you memorize these things, and then you just you just apply it. It's easy once you memorize it. And she's plenty good at memorizing, but she doesn't have the wisdom to go. Oh, this is this is how you do this thing. Yeah. Now you can test intelligence. You take the test. But, with, but I, I'm thinking you can't... Like I said, I, I think a lot of it is the, the when to apply your intelligence and in what circumstances and how to apply it. Again, it's, it's, it's in the, the, the methods through which you, 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 you apply what you know. Maybe, maybe wisdom, the wisdom test is a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like... You have to, if you're really smart, that's great. If you're really strong, that's great. But if you're not, if there's not some wisdom in what you do, the zombie's going to get you. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, wisdom test. Yeah. It's, it, it's an interesting concept to try and figure out how you would test for wisdom. I think humanity's failing. Oh, we're, we're failing spectacularly. I, I mean, if, if there is, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the test, right? Um, you know, maybe that's the test, not necessarily as individuals, but as society. Um, 
are we wise enough to, for lack of a better way of putting it, keeping it going, making the world better? Are we wise, are we wise enough to make the world a better place? And you can take that from you know, verses 5 through 20, whatever, where it's sort of justice based, or you can take that from you know, the, creation, the creation portions of, of the Scripture. Are we wise enough to keep it going? I, I, I don't know that I want to answer that. I don't, feel like we're, I don't feel like we're careening down the right path. In, in, no, we, in, in we lots are, of ways. We, we, we are definitely careening down some very, very ugly paths um, and not using wisdom in terms of seeing the ramifications down the road of how how some of these things we're, we're fighting over right now are going to play out um, in the real world. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is being done for political points, um, playing on people's fears, yeah. um, and that becomes not a wise thing to do. Is it politically advantageous? Is it politically, quote, smart to keep you in power? Sure. Is it wise in terms of how you're going to actually care for people? Maybe not so much. Yeah, so, it, correct. So it's really interesting in take anything that's going on right now politically and you get two drastically different pictures. So one thing I've seen on, I've really, really, curbed my, my social media over the last like month and a half to two months and really pared it down to way more sports things than, than anything else because that's why I originally got on social media to begin with or on Twitter in particular to begin with. And, <coughs> excuse me, I, I guess in, in one of the new bills, um, they increased, they're looking to increase the IRS. I think, I think that's what I read. And the spin from one side is they're going after working class people um, and they're, they're making the IRS larger and it's going to hurt you. And then the other side is, no, we increase the size of the IRS to go after corporations who are you know, cutting corners so we can recoup those tax dollars. Same bill, right? Exact same bill, two completely different messages you know, different messages about what the bill is. Well, I, I don't care. I guess I shouldn't say that, but I, I'm, not, I'm not doing the research to look into it um, at this point. But I don't know that they can both be right. Or maybe they can both be right, but somebody ain't telling the whole story. I don't know who. And if you're on the right, you're going to say the left's not telling the whole story. If you're on the left, you're going to say the right's not telling the whole story. And oftentimes, it's somewhere in the middle. But these days, it's not, even, it's not even often in the middle. It's just blatant. We're just going to be brutally dishonest. Right. Um, which, and there, there isn't wisdom. There isn't wisdom in, well, how did you put it? There's, there's two, there's wisdom and there's folly. Correct. Right? There's wisdom and folly. It's, and it's not, they're separate entities. They're not together. Like, they're polar opposites. It's a polarity. Right. There can't be wisdom and folly. Like, there's one or the other. And I, I feel like 
you know, we're, we're, tr- we're, we're trying to blend those things too much or it, it, I, I don't even know. So I don't even know what's going on anymore. It, <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean, there's literally, it's, there's some head scratching that we all should be doing and going, what in the world is going on? Like, I just don't understand how you can take one picture, one snapshot, and tell a drastically different story that doesn't even, I mean, we're talking like sky is blue, no, it's red. Like, it, it just, it's, wow. Yeah, 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 we're, we're just kind of at that point right now of, but what, what I found that was, okay, so that was, I didn't want to go down that path you know, in my sermon. But what I did find really, really interesting was at the end of the reading, God takes delight in humanity. Right. Like all of creation, God takes delight, including our broken, unworthy selves. God still takes delight. Like that, like that, I, 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 that, for whatever reason, that spoke to me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, creation's amazing. I, 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 I'm, I'm amazed by that. The, the human body is like stupid amazing. Like, it's amazing, but also weird and backwards sometimes. Yeah, like I don't, like I, I, I have. Like our eye is really dumb and how it functions and like I've, it has I've, to reverse things and yeah, it's like, what, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't even fathom how like the whole body work. I mean, I wake up in the morning like, ow, why does this hurt? Oh, everything hurts. And I don't understand why, but I, oh, well, that's connected to this, and I probably did this, and that happened to that, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm getting old. That, too. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm and trying I, to remember like, the last time I got out of bed, and it didn't hurt. And I'm, I'm just, like, it, like, the human body's amazing, and of all the things God created that are completely, God takes delight in us. And, and, and like, a tree, I don't have against trees today, maybe because I'm looking out the window and there's trees. Like, a tree really doesn't have the ability to screw things up, right? A tree just kind of grows. And sometimes it grows where maybe it's not supposed to, but a tree just kind of grows. We have, the, we have the capacity, humanity has the capacity to like literally like screw things up for all of creation. And... God takes delight in humanity, even in our messiness and, and unworthiness. And that's, that's pretty damn cool. I don't, know if, I don't always know if it's wise of God to take delight in humanity. Maybe it's not wise of God to take delight in humanity, but God does. Yeah, God does. Um. I mean, we can be pretty amazing at times when we, when we want to be, when we're not being schmucks. <laughs> the schmuck when, factor is high. The schmuck fast factor is very high. But, you know, we, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I, I get very depressed and down on humanity as a whole. And yet, you know what I also do? 
I rejoice in my relationships. I have wonderful relationships with so many people. And I rejoice in those. And I think maybe God kind of does the same thing where he, he recognizes, yeah, there is, there's a, lot of, there, there's a lot of garbage, but there's also a lot of good. And, and there's a lot of um, joy in having relationship with, with some of us. <laughs> we've, we've, talked, we've talked a lot staff-wise and institutionally at, at our church um, about trying to, trying to filter out the noise and focus on, quote, what, what God calls us to do and who God calls us to be. And, and sometimes that's hard. And, you know, we get, like every church right now, over the last couple of years, there's just this weird ebb and flow of people coming and going for unchurchy reasons. Um, you know, people come, people go, and not always for the right reasons. Um, and you can really focus on that, and it doesn't always manifest itself in great ways. But, you know, it's like, listen, if we, can, if we, if we institutionally as a church focus on what God's calling us to do and who God's calling us to be, we'll be okay. Like the, ch the church, the church, capital C, will be okay if we just focus on what we're supposed to focus on. Right. And, and you're right. There are, there are, there are good people. Um, I, this, is a, this is a stupid example, um, but it's also telling of, of the beauty that humanity can be. Tuesday, we had our back to school, open house, meet the teacher, whatever we called it, I don't even remember. And new family in the preschool um, has not, had not yet set foot in our church for a worship service. Mm -hmm. The dad says, you're doing a back-to-school bash. Would you like me to bring to smoke a brisket and bring it? Right? Like, first of all, nobody says no to that. Uh, no, and that was really good brisket. I'm sorry. If you missed that brisket, you missed out on something good. Like, like no, I have not had brisket that good in, I don't know, short, how long. Short of um, the brisket I had in Houston, Texas, that was, that was good. Um, that was third. The guy in the guy in Ocala is really good too, um, but I mean, one who says no to that. But two, that was really random. Hey, would you like me to bring a brisket for your church thing to a church that I've never actually set foot in? Came to worship, brought the brisket. Fantastic. But, I mean, I mean, th those are things that seem small that we don't do enough of. Right? We don't do it. We don't do enough or focus enough on the little things. I have. We have a men's, a small men's group that meets, um, and we need to be better at promoting that. I just got to figure out exactly what we're doing with it. Um, it's like four or five of us that meet at Panera on Tuesday mornings, and we're talking about the gratitude thing that we do, particularly at the nine thirty service where we have people yell at what they're what they're grateful for. And it occurred to me today that. I, I love that we do that. I love that people yell out the things they're, they're grateful for in the places that they've seen God. I think it's awesome. It's good for our culture. Mm -hmm. But what I don't always say at the end, I don't know if I've ever said it at the end, but it occurred to me today, the, that needs to end with now, go tell those people. So, so if we're lifting up... Teachers. Uh, teachers. 
Yeah, go, go tell, tell the teachers. That's great. It is great that you're lifting them up in church before God, and that is amazing. But don't just do it here. Go tell, some, go tell a teacher, hey, I appreciate, because guess what? They could use the support. You know, wh- whoever it is, wh- firefighters, law enforcement, wh- whoever, whoever, you know, whoever we're lifting up, go tell them too. Like lift it up in here, absolutely, we should be grateful for it. We should lift it to God 100%. But again, prayer isn't just lifting it to God, it's lifting it to God and then doing it. Yep. Be, let's 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 show that gratefulness to God. Let's show that gratitude to God, and then let's show it to each other. Like we're we're not. Let's delight in each other. And and, <laughs> and, we, and, and it doesn't mean that everything. It doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect. Oh no! Like it's not like, going to be right. I mean, s- schools aren't perfect. Police officers aren't perfect. Like like there's no segment of our society that is perfect. But we can be grateful for the parts that, that, that are good. Like, perfect example. This lectionary isn't perfect, but it's good. Yeah. Like, there are parts of it that we're like, oh, man, like, I, I'm, I'm going to preach on one sentence on, a, on, a, on Shira. Just one sentence. Hey, you know what? Hey, wisdom. Well, wisdom's not really a lady, but it is. But women of the Bible, it's a kind of like, okay, it's good. Like we should we should appreciate. Thank you for doing the lecture. We should appreciate those things. Like we don't have to take everything as good. A good piece of steak has some fat in it that you probably shouldn't eat. Doesn't mean the steak's bad. You just go. Oh, maybe I don't want to eat the fat part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we we just we focus so much on. I think that's the other problem. We don't we focus on all the wrong crap. Right. Like society so, wise. Like we, we focus on all the negative. So we, and why? We were talking uh, we were talking a little bit about the epistles, you know, and, and whatnot. And I, I'm gonna come back to that for a second because this is actually a relevant point where someone said that they've decided they don't like Paul, and the reason they don't like Paul is because he talks way more about all the good order stuff, blah blah blah, rather than love. And I pushed back on that a little bit and I said, you know what? I think Paul talks an awful lot about love. I think the part we focus on is the other stuff that he's trying to do for good order for the sake of, you know, that's all contextual, that's about what's going on in these congregations and how to, you know, be be church together, blah, 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 and how to, how to present themselves to the world in the context of, of their situation. And we go back and focus so heavily on one side of a conversation that we don't know what the other side of that conversation was. We don't even know what the questions were that were asked. So it's like if you're listening to a phone conversation and you kind of come in midway and that's all you hear, you can kind of sometimes get the gist, but sometimes you're completely off base as to what was going on. There have been many times where... I've heard you on a conversa- phone conversation and I'll come in and be like, what on earth was that about? Because the, <laughs> the side I heard was really bizarre. <laughs> um, and, and I think we forget sometimes that's what we're doing is we're listening to one side of a conversation yep. that's going on and we aren't hearing the other side of that conversation. 
and and what the issues are that are being raised, what the questions were, what 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 the what the rebuttal was. I mean, if you look at like First and Second Corinthians, it actually should be First and Third Corinthians because yep. there was a second letter we ha- don't have, yep. and a whole bunch of stuff transpired apparently between these these two letters. Hey, well, maybe Paul didn't write that letter. Well, you know, we're you know this whatever. <laughs> but the point being, actually. The Corinthian ones, they're pretty sure he probably did write. It becomes the um, Hebrews, I think, is the one that's really up in question. And, and some of the, uh, the Peter ones, whether or not Peter actually wrote those because they, they're a much later date, that kind of thing. But anyway, um, it, it, it's, it's hard when we start focusing on the things that maybe were not meant to be the focus for us now. Yep. Um, you know, I think the stuff about if I, I don't have love, I'm just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Um, when I care for my, you know, when I, when I love my neighbor, I have fulfilled the law kind of thing. You know, that those sorts of statements to me are much more what, what we should be getting out of Paul yeah. versus, well, when you, when you come to church, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That's all based on a culture that no longer exists well, and, and circumstances that no longer exist. Yeah. My, my belief is that overall we put way too much weight in Paul and not like there, there, there are some, there are some people that I honestly, I'm like, are you a Christian or are you a Paulinian? Right. Because and, you, and the struggle, you, you interpret them backwards. Yeah. And, and the struggle, I think, is that Paul is the earliest writings we have. So, so Paul is the first, I would say, version of Christianity that exists in written form. Because the Gospels come later. Right. So there's that tension. Of, well, and, the and, Gospels are about what Jesus taught and wrote, but they come after Paul. Yeah. And so Paul, that's, that's the problem. Right. And Paul's writing to the church. Right. Right. And, and I, don't want to dis, I don't want to diminish that. Like, that's important. Like, Paul, like, we're getting a snapshot of the early church. Right. But one, it's the early church, and things are a little different now than they were then. Yeah. And it's not, it shouldn't be authoritative. We shouldn't interpret... Jesus through the lens of Paul, we should interpret Paul through the lens of Jesus. Right. And, and too often... We do it the other way around. We do, we do it the other way around. How do I make what Jesus say match what Paul said? Right. Right. And that's, that's like, uh, maybe that's not quite yeah. the way we should do it. Um, yeah. yeah that, again, it's, it, that, that's one of my frustrations with Paul. No punctuation. <laughs> no punctuation with Paul. And I, yeah, I know in the original there wasn't, the, 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 la, the run-on sentences in Paul drive me crazy, and the fact that we often interpret backwards, we interpret Paul backwards. Well, and, and um, it's probably a good thing you never read his original letters, because um, not only was there no punctuation, but when he decided to write in his own hand, apparently it was really big. <laughs> uh. I think it's at the end of Galatians where he's like, you see, I'm writing with my own hand because the letters are all big. <laughs> 
as opposed to having his, his scribe write it for him. Like he got so passionate about it. He, he, he like grabbed that pen away from the scribe and started writing his own. <laughs> I wish I had a scribe. Um, yeah, that's usually called a secretary. Yeah, my handwriting that, is that, atrocious. That types things up for you now instead of like handwriting them. But yeah. I do like the dictation. Maybe yeah. I need some dictation software there on my you go. iPad and I could. Yeah, well, and that, that definitely is a, and I think that's the thing too, is we've got to remember these were oral, oral yeah. cultures yeah. That, are, that are just now kind of learning how to put things down in writing. Could um, you imagine, so we all know how accurate some of the dictation things are, you know, Hey Siri, call whatever, and you end up. How many how many times as as voice to text, and you're like, oh my gosh, what was that? Right. Could you imagine <laughs> if that's how scribes worked? Maybe they did. Oh wow, that would be interesting. So so for instance, like I had a, a professor in seminary um, who had an accent, and whenever she said Jesus, it sounded like Jesus. I can only imagine the Holy Gospel blah, 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 and cheeses, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man. So again, maybe dictation software isn't the answer to translation and scribes were a good thing, but what is the scribes word accurate either? You have to, yeah. So you have to really trust your scribe. Yeah. Because if y'all are on the same page. Yeah, you, you got to trust that your, your scribe is, is writing it down. And, and oh my goodness, if you think about how long it takes to write out a sentence versus to speak a sentence. Mm -hmm. um, when I do dictation, it, it really, it, 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 it can be difficult sometimes because I'll have to go back and listen to it at least like 10 times to get the whole thing because I'm like, yeah. you're, you're just slow. Even though, I, I think I slowed down. I used to be 90 words per minute, but I, yeah. Um, you talk a lot faster than you type or write. I do. And back then, they were writing everything out, and especially if they had Brittany as their scribe. They would still be writing it would in the beginning. Right. So anyway, so wisdom. Wisdom's good. You're loved. We just need to know how to use wisdom. Um, and next week will be uh, Lydia. Cool. In the, in the book of Acts. We're going to, we're going to get into... Um, Paul. Yes, a couple of the couple of the women um, of the early church. So look forward to that. We will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye, everybody.